Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast. And if you want to find out more about us, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. over at Shannon. She told me to beat that. I'm only one man, Shannon. Man, it's good to be back. Our our scripture lesson today comes from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verses, I'm actually going to read verses 1 through 15. Listen to these words. At that time, I was a cupbearer to the king in the month of Nisan, the twelfth year of the king Artaxus. The king was about to be served wine. I took the wine and gave it to the king. Since I had never seemed sad in his presence, the king asked me, Why do you seem sad? Since you aren't sick, you must have a broken heart. I was very afraid and replied, May the king live forever. Why shouldn't I seem sad when the city, the place where my family's graves is in ruins and its gates destroyed by fire? The king asked, what is it that you need? I prayed to the God of heaven and replied, if it pleases to the king and if your servant has found favor with you, please send me to Judah to the city of my family's graves so that I may rebuild it. With the, king, with the queen sitting beside him, the king asked him, How long will you be away, and will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I told him how long I would be gone. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may letters be given me addressed to the governors of the province beyond the river to allow me to travel to Judah. May the king also issue a letter to Aspha, the keeper of the king's forest, directing him to supply me with the timber for the beams of the temple's fortress gates, for the city wall, and for the house in which I live. The king gave me what I asked, for gracious power of my God was with me. So I went to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. The king had sent officers of the army and cavalry with me. When Sanbalt and Hornite and Tobia and Emory officials heard this, they were very angry that someone had come to seek welfare of the people of Israel. When I reached Jerusalem and had been there for three days, I set out at night, taking only a few people with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was prompting me to do for Jerusalem, and the only animal I took was the one I rode. I went out by night through the valley gate, past the dragon's spring, to the dun gate, so that I could inspect the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down, as well as its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the spring gate and the king's pool, Since there was no room for the animal on which I was riding to pass, I went up by the way of the valley by night and inspected the wall. Then I turned back and returned by entering through the valley gate. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. About five years ago, well, four or five years ago, um, I took a part, or took place of this um, reading the Bible in 90 days. And and it actually took me 95 days to complete, but in the program, there's some grace. There's some room for some extra days because some people read at different paces. And, and let's be honest, trying to read the Bible in 90 days, you need some grace because there are going to be days when you can't read all 12 pages of the Bible just because of the day. But in reading the Bible in 90 days, one of the things I discovered was the book of Nehemiah. I had never really studied it. I had never really read through it. You know, I read through it in seminary, but it was more of those, uh, just to check to make sure I read the box, answered the questions, and moved along. I never really was inspired by it until just recently. In the last few months, uh, even last weekend, um, I think I heard three sermons last weekend on the book of Nehemiah and this idea of building and rebuilding a broken church. And as I was thinking about Nehemiah on my, on my plane ride home, I kept thinking that there were some things that Nehemiah has to offer us today that you can take with you. The first is that we have to center ourselves. If we're going to go out into the world to serve in the name of Jesus Christ, we have to be centered in it. We have to center our lives and, and ourselves in it. And what happened with Nehemiah, Nehemiah had heard that Jerusalem had fallen, that, that the walls that had been torn down and the city was not what it was. And he felt so compelled. He didn't know what to do, but the first thing that he did was pray. And he prayed this prayer that you can find in Nehemiah 1, verses 4 through 11. Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God, you are the one who keeps covenant and is truly faithful to those who love you and keep your commandments. Let your ear be attentive and let your eyes be open to the prayer of your servant, which I now pray before you night and day, your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins of the people of Israel, which we have committed against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have wronged you greatly. We haven't kept your commandments, the statues, the ordinances that you command your servant Moses. Remember the word that you gave to your servant Moses when you said, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments by really doing them, then even though your outcasts live under dissident skies, I will gather them up. From there and bring them to the place that I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people. They are the ones whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of the servants who delight in honoring your name. Please give success to your servant today and grant him favor in the presence of this man. See, Nehemiah centered himself, but he knew that he had, to, he had to be open and honest with God. He had to confess. If you notice, he doesn't just put the blame on Israel and saying, you know, oh, those people were bad and they deserved everything they got. He recognized where he had failed, where he didn't follow the commandments. Both I and my family have sinned. And I think of when, when Nehemiah was praying this, he was praying this because his heart was broken. He knew he needed to do something, and that's something he did not not yet know. 
But then I'm sure as he was praying, he, he felt it upon his heart that he knew what he needed to do. He needed to go rebuild the wall. And church, when we center ourselves, we, and, and we have to realize that we've made bad decisions in the past. We've made mistakes. We've said some things that we would like to take back to people. We've, we've done some wrongs. Because that's what happens when you're in a group of people. I watched a group of pastors getting on an airplane, and man, did we all screw up. We should have let everybody else go before us. Women and children, elderly, the sick. Could you imagine what would happen if we actually boarded airlines in a humble servant manner? Now, those people that are in a rush would flip out. They would have a hard time of saying, well, I'm important. Well, who cares? So what I started doing was I, I on my flight from Columbus to, to Dallas, then to Dallas to Tulsa, I agreed that, that I would not, I wouldn't let anybody who stepped in front of me bother me because we're all going to leave at the same time. It dawned on me that if I take that attitude that, that we're all going to leave at the same time and, and that I'll smile and greet everybody and if, if someone needs help, meaning getting the luggage and the deal, I'm, I'm going to be a helpful person. That worked for about five seconds <laughs> until the lady uh, dropped her bag on my head un unmistakingly and, and, and I just took a deep breath. And she said, are you okay? And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm fine. And reminded that sometimes centering ourselves, we have to recognize that it's, we've got to center ourselves around God and not other things. And we get so invested into ourselves that, 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 that sometimes we make mistakes because if we would have just waited half a second and not said something, could you imagine how many times you would not get into trouble? I bet my detention rate would have been cut in half had I thought that. I bet my trouble, when I get in trouble at home with Ashley, would be cut in half if I would just take a second and center myself. Centering ourselves is important, and, and we have to realize that we've made mistakes and bad decisions. Yes, even the church has made mistakes and bad decisions. But those are in the past. And we have to press onward and forward. And we have to agree not to make those things again. Not to do those things again. We have to center ourselves in such a way that we, people can tell that we're trying to be disciples of Jesus Christ who are set out to transform the world. And it's a process. It's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that, that once you become, you know, sanctified, it's not something that just, oh, you're perfect and everything is great. It's a struggle. But if we remain centered and we remain focused upon God, when we're out in the world, we can do amazing things together as a church. But if you notice when Nehemiah, so Nehemiah then goes to the king and, and realize him going to the king is kind of a big thing. 
Because he was scared. I mean, imagine you going to your boss and, and, and asking for this big favor. I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm going to be rebuilding my, my, my family's homeland. Man, that's a tough deal. But we have to remember that God calls the ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Nehemiah was just an ordinary guy. Just a cupbearer for the king. A lowly little job where his job was to bear the wine cup. And every now and then test it to make sure he's not being poisoned. And, and, and I mean, he had kind of a good job when you think about it. I'm sure he had a dental plan. I'm sure he was well taken care of. So why wreck that life? Because God called him. God needed Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem to build that wall because Nehemiah had what it take to do just that. God needed Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem to inspect the wall, to, to realize what was broken, and to try to get everybody right and try to, to do the right thing and get the job accomplished for Jerusalem. So Nehemiah goes and he asks the king. The king says yes. And I'm sure when the king said yes, Nehemiah was like, really? Like, I can go? And, and, and the king ushered him along and assured him and gave him all that he needed to, to be successful. And he gets to the next thing. And I think this is the other important thing that we can le learn from Nehemiah is that he assessed the situation. I think far too often when we do things in the church, we get so excited that we're going to do something that we forget to assess what we have available, assess what we have at our hands and our feet and what we can do. And sometimes we overextend ourselves. Or sometimes we do things we didn't really intend on doing and it causes more heart and, and more pain because, well, we didn't assess what we had. We didn't look at our assets and say, hey, we've got these people. We've got these wall builders. We've got the things available to do the task before us. So Nehemiah did. He went out and, and he inspected the walls. He knew what he needed. He gathered up the people. And, 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 you know, he even gathered up those people that were not really thrilled that he was doing this. And one brick at a time, they built the wall together. And Nehemiah encouraged the company to, uh, the, the group of people to recenter and refocus their lives. And just like every Israelite story, we find later on in Nehemiah that they fall back on their ways again. And I mean, you know, Moses taught us that, that, that we're in this series of repetition and we need to be recentered and refocused so that way we can be faithful to God. But we have to inspect what we have. We have a lot of assets in this room that are doing a lot of great, amazing things in the world. You are doing some good things. We need to know what you're doing. And that has nothing to do so we can put it on a pamphlet and say, you know, our church serves over 12,000 hours. Our church feeds over X amount of people. We want to know what our next step is because we know the next partnership could lead to another great partnership, which could lead to another great partnership, which could lead to lives being touched and changed. And that's what we're about. When I was at Church of All People, the, this church started as a free store. But they knew they were going to eventually be into a church, but they didn't know when. 
Several years later, they started, they had the free store, and then it became the church, which then led to all these different ministries. But they didn't do those things without counting the cost. We have to look at our assets, and we have to figure out how we can use the abundance of assets that we have available to us. And when we can do that, we can build and do great things in God's name. Here's the other thing. God's not finished with us yet. I think far too often we think when we get to those more seasoned lives of our years that we assume that God, we're done. Well, here's what I hope that I live out. And I want to encourage you all that until you take that last breath, you work as hard for the kingdom as God as you did that very first day. And that even though you're not able to go on a mission trip to Houston, Texas with us on spring break, that you can pray for us. You can support us. And maybe you can find somebody else to go in your place. Or you can go. I'll never forget the second mission trip I took in Calumet, we took an 83-year-old retired nurse with us. She was super hardcore. She slept on the floor. She didn't bring a cot. She didn't complain. She came to do her job. And that was to be in mission. And that inspired me that I hope that someday when I get to, when I get to be that old that I, I probably won't sleep on the floor I'll be honest, I have a nice cot that I pull out and I'll sleep on my cot, but I'll be there. I'll be there until the day the doctor says, you can't do this anymore. Because that's what it means for me to serve God, is that we give it our all, all the time. Nehemiah did just that. He looked at his assets, he realized what he had, And then he empowered those people to go build the wall. He didn't do it by himself. It took a whole community of people to rebuild the wall, to recognize where they had fallen short, to to recenter and refocus. It took everybody. It wasn't just Nehemiah. And so church, I challenge you this week that when you're going out to serve in all those places that you serve, that you realize you're doing it for God. Center yourself. Focus yourself. Do it with a smiley face, even though it, you, you, know, you might be moving a little bit slower because of this cold weather, but do it with a loving and smiling face. Do it because you love Jesus. And when you serve with an attitude that you're doing it because you love Jesus, you'll be able to do a great and amazing things no matter who you are. From the lowest of low to the highest of high, if we take a heart of service and realize why we're serving. Because God is calling us to be the hands, feet, and heart for the world. If we can take that into mind, we can do amazing things. So I challenge you to go be the hands, feet, and heart of God. Go and serve in whatever way that you can serve. Go and be like Jesus to the world because the world needs you. But start with prayer. And when you do that, God will work on you and work through you. Go now in peace. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we hope that you come and join us some Sunday, and you can find out more about us at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day.